we have a singular focus and passion. Our passion is a speediest evangelization of Asia. Our burden is that every person living in the vast continent of Asia, uh, if you want to know how Asia is going to pan out uh, by 2035, I believe, six out of every ten persons that live on the face of the earth will be Asians. All right? Right now, uh, if you want to know the task we're trying to bite away, build little chunks in reaching the unrich, Asia today, your world population is 7 billion. Our world population, rather, is 7 billion. Yours is small. Yours is about 250,000. But uh, the world population is about 7 billion. And just the rurals of Asia, uh, where you cannot reach by cars, not even by bicycle, many of these places where the rural peoples are living in Asia, they have to be reached by what we call foot evangelists. You've got to take boats if you are the interior of Sarawak, navigate your way through all those rivers. Some of them pretty crocodile infested, if you want to know. <laughs> and then stop somewhere and then uh, get over by foot and track. Uh, these are the kinds of places. If you go to North India, uh, along the Himalayan mountains, the belts, I've been there, I've seen all those houses dotting the hills. You've got to walk out. <laughs> you've got to stop somewhere by bus or something and just keep walking. Uh, and, and just be at every home. And, you know, uh, where's Ampusam? The, the Nepali likes to use that word, joy mercy. That's your greeting, huh? joy mercy. It's like greetings, you know. If you want to learn two Chinese words, uh, we don't say to each other in China, mainland China, they never say good morning too much, but when they see each other, uh, they usually say ni hao. How are you? Right? Uh, I'm a Hokkien. And uh, my parents, grandparents migrated to Malaya because of shortage of food and, and whatnot. So Hokkien people, when we see each other, I give you Hokkien word, then I give you the English translation. Huh? So you understand Asian is very wide in their culture. We always say to each other, Chapa boy, have you eaten? <laughs> Funny greetings. I mean, I say, how are you? Are you okay? Good day. You know? I never talk about the weather. Good day, isn't it? Nice weather, isn't it? We don't like, we're not interested in the weather. We understand whether you got food in the tummy. <laughs> Japa boy, ah, Japa huh? You know what I mean? Have you, have you eaten? Because not everybody has food. Uh, so, can you try to feel the pressure? Uh, because the theme given to me is a good theme, is the urgency. That uh, we are trying to, just the rulers of Asia alone, we are trying to reach the two billion people. Can you feel the weight of it, brothers and sisters, who are going to Christless graves? Unless somebody go and tell. Are you folks with me? I hope, I don't know whether you can feel the weight of two billion people going to Christless graves. And so that should stir us out of our comfort zone. That should make us want to think in terms of not just a one increase, two increase. In the kind of work that I do, I ask you to pray for me that God will give me wisdom. Uh, I'm a science graduate, so I don't think addition in terms of gospel advance. 
It may surprise you. I don't even think multiplication is too small, too slow. If you really want to reach these people in their lifetime, at least once, with a clear presentation of gospel. For now, I think exponential. E to the power X. Uh, when you see that video, uh, you will understand what I mean. And I think it is a formula given by the Spirit of God. I could not have imagined that when I started to work with two evangelists. Uh, we always work with and through the local church. So we don't have any follow-up problem. All right, we, we work with the local church. We give them basic discipleship training things. We train them to use it. And every convert belongs to the local church there. All our evangelists, uh, we don't, no offense to Americans, uh, some of you may have come to America, we don't do it American style. Uh, a typical American is find some rich billionaire, can you give me 500,000? And then, okay, I think I can get about 50 stuff for the next five years, let's get going first. Uh, sometimes uh, certain ministries do bypass the local church. Uh, personally, I speak out of conviction, I don't think it's a biblical model. The model we use is X13. So every worker must first be commissioned, if I use brethren language, commended by the local church. If the local church does not accept you, we don't accept you. We don't even come in. Only to the commendation and the consultation and the recommendation of the local church, we take up the worker because they are in the rural churches. They have almost nothing going for them. They don't have bookstore. They don't have everything. They don't have enough money. They don't have enough of everything to get the job going. And so every little drop uh, is gratefully received by these people. So that, that is our passion that uh, we're trying to chase. It's a speed race. Again, the, the language of urgency. We're trying to chase the hundreds of millions. Come on, and, and give them a clear presentation of the gospel. So thank you, church, for your partnership with us because you've come in and added a, a, <laughs> some drops of water here and there. It has helped to speed up that reaction where many more have come to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Since beginning the ministry, from two, as I've shared, we have spread to 360 evangelists, all local church commanded workers, accountable first to the local church, not even to us. All right, uh, And so the supervision is at ground level there, whichever country they come from. Uh, currently, uh, there are three evangelists. We're going to probably commission them and, and help them to get going in Thailand, in the rurals of Thailand. They're going in probably in September. Again, I insist that they go to their local church. Uh, we're not going to talk to you. Go to the local church first. And get your elder to talk to us, or your senior pastor to come and talk to us. And that's the modest omprandi. That's our philosophy of ministry. So we don't have problem in a sense of conserving the harvest. Because we go to the local church, the believers are baptized by the local church, baptized into the local church. They belong to the local church. They are accountable to the local church. They are disciples of the local church. But we help them in the evangelization because they don't have the means. Sometimes they have, very often Asia is a very populous place. You go to China, there are hundreds and thousands of people wanting to serve the Lord full time. But who is going to support them? And so when we hear of these things, we pray, uh, we seek the fellowship of churches, and we come around to keep supporting these people. So China is still a big field because it's a huge area. And China alone, the rural of China has easily 820 million. Is that a lot of people <laughs> who have never heard the gospel? And so rightly, it is one of our primary field. Today, out of 360, we are supporting 230 in China. That's the latest update. 
and we hope to increase. By the end of this decade, by 2020, God willing, we hope to see 600 evangelists being sent out into the rurals of China. Okay, quite enough of this story. So you know that that is our primary and singular passion. I eat, sleep and dream and think about how to send more evangelists, how to get the gospel going and how to help the churches uh, to be more strong in their evangelistic outreach in the rurals of Asia. Can I say this again? Two billion rural souls will go to a Christless eternity unless the church catches the urgency. So you may laugh, but I am saying to you, if all of you here tonight say I will drink one cup of Starbucks coffee less for the 40 over thousand believers, and I only send up 10,000 Bibles, everybody say, I give up one cup of Starbucks coffee. Put it into the bag here. I'm happy to take a collection. All right? Your three to four Bahamian dollars will translate to a good, thick Chinese Bible. And it will be in the hands of a rural person who don't have a Bible. Some of the believers have to share Bibles. So I shared with you uh, the purpose-driven life you have in English is all over the place. When I went to a big city, they are copying it. They don't have it. I said, what are you doing? I give it to you. Please go and, no copyright, I don't care. You know, just go and photo set. <laughs> what do you want and spread out of the church and all. So that's a kind of uh, pressure and a situation and a burden. And I really hope that amidst information that you get so much coming from Scripture and all, that in your spirit, when I leave this place, I hope to leave you with a burden, not just a passion, that you catch a burden. Every great ministry is always born out of burden. There is a burden that I need to carry and discharge it for the glory of God. Okay, Alan Simonet. Uh, again on time, uh, because we've gone a little bit. Can I have your permission that I will stop at 9 o'clock sharp? Is that agreeable to everybody? It's already 8.25. I haven't begun yet. Is it okay, everybody? All right, those who are not happy, you can walk away. It's okay. <laughs> On January 2001, MAP registered as MAP Partners Burhad. On November 26 of the same year, MAP registered an office in Melbourne, Australia as MAP Partners Australia Incorporated. In 1993, the Lord spoke through different individuals that he wanted me to step out of my comfort zone. He wanted me to stretch for the work of the gospel and the words Asia Pacific were first given to me. I'm especially thankful for the encouragement and the advice of the late Mr. David Bowler, our founding chairman, for the sacrifice, for the wisdom, for the guidance that he has given to me and for others who came around the ministry so that today we can give thanks to God 
in this 10th anniversary. We look back over the last 10 years. Having begun with two evangelists in Malaysia, we are thankful to God that today, through your friendship, prayers and support, we are now over 200 evangelists serving Christ and the cause of the gospel in 10 nations of Asia Pacific. adoption program began in China as the result of a Macedonian call from a rural church in China. Having begun in 2006 with the first 16 evangelists, we have spread to other nations from China to India to Bhutan to Nepal to Myanmar to the Philippines Indonesia and more recently to Cambodia. Many thousands of people in natural disaster regions such as the China Sichuan earthquake, Cyclone Nargis in Yangon, Myanmar, and Typhoon Katsana in the Philippines were ministered to by our REAP evangelists during the times of hardship and difficulty. want to dream bigger dreams for God. We have identified three regions in the field that we call reap priority fields. The first one is the tribal peoples of Sarawak. The time is now for the third and the fourth generation to experience the revival in order to carry on to continue uh, the work of evangelism. The Iban tribe alone number more than 600,000 at this point in time. They are very receptive to the gospel and are waiting for evangelists to visit their long houses to tell them the good news of Jesus. I serve in a place with many people from the Iban tribe who do not know Christ. Pray for us as we share the good news to the people in the long houses. At the same time, our research shows that out of the many Chinese new villages in Peninsular Malaysia, more than 50 of them have yet to have a viable witness or a preaching point. We hope that more of you will come forward to pray and support the work so that every Chinese new village in Peninsular Malaysia will have a preaching point. 
We are the only Chinese church in Slim River. There are many Chinese in Slim River who do not know Jesus. We think of the rural church in China. It is vibrant and alive. With our support, training and material, we can expect to see a ripe field of harvest among the rural Chinese in mainland China. MAP has begun a China Evangelism Training School. As of July 2010, we have begun training two evangelism leaders. This cross-cultural training has been very helpful to us. We are challenged to go beyond what we once thought impossible. Another challenge is theological training for our co-workers. It is urgent that we make improvements in communicating what we've learned to them. We are going to plan in detail for this training. We urgently need to train a generation of gospel workers and send them out. We can partner with MAP as individuals, as a church, and even as Christian bodies to be involved with them in their outreach work as partners to fulfill this urgent need for people to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. We need to speed up the work of supporting, training and sending evangelists. I believe that it can be done with the help of God and with your prayers and with your support. Thank you, one and all, for investing in the lives of those who want to give themselves full time to reach the lost. Well, you don't have to go to Sarawak now. You have seen how a long house looks like with all the long stilts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, can I just uh, say that, you know, sometimes in a conference like this, you may think that even in Bahamas or some places, we already got all the ministries in place. I disagree. The days of pioneering are not over yet. The days of sowing are not over yet. The days of seeing in our own lifetime the truth of the words of the Lord Jesus that the kingdom of God or heaven is like a mustard seed. In fact, that was my first editorial on map. All right, the first ever map link that I came out, a uh, newsletter was on the parable of the mustard seed. And with a man, you know, you got to do something to the mustard seed. You know that story. You don't keep it in your store. You don't keep it in your purse. If it's money, uh, whatever talents that you have, you don't just keep it within your house or within Bahamas or within Nassau. You must do something about that mustard seed. You take that mustard seed and by faith, you go and plant it somewhere in the soil, sow it. And uh, the parable goes like this, that this mustard seed began to grow. And very soon, it, it became a small plant. And very soon, in due time, in God's time, this mustard seed that you sow, you didn't think much of it. It's so small that you hardly notice it. Even if you put it here, you might uh, not notice it on a carpet. But it soon became a, a tree that, that is, uh, you know, so big that the birds, we are told by the Lord Jesus, can even perch on its branches. 
And so really, in our dedication prayer of Ministries for Asia-Pacific, officially inaugurated in 2001, 16th of January, it was a prayer that God will grow it into his own three size. It's not our business to decide what size. And so my business as a Lord's servant is to try to keep in step with what God is doing. How would you like that? Our business in Calvary is not to determine what size, one service or two services. Our business is to find out what is God's destiny for us as individuals, for us as a church. And we just want to keep in step with the Spirit. Now, take down, if you will, those of you who are still in the habit of taking notes, I'm going to throw Bible verses to you. I'm going to tell you stories tonight. Uh, I still have about 20 minutes left. All right, take Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, where the Apostle Paul says in writing to the church in Galatia, since we live by the Spirit, I'm quoting NIV, Pastor, <laughs> that's what I'm training. That's a newly inspired version. Since we live by the Spirit, listen carefully, take down the next exhortation or injunction now. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's my ambition in ministry. I want to keep in step with, my, with the Spirit. I don't want to determine the size according to my physical, visible eyes. I just want to know what God wants to do through this little thing that has been set up called map. And I just want to keep in step with what the Spirit wants to do. Can we say an amen to that one? What He wants to do in the Bahamas. Uh, perhaps to many of these adventure camps and camp Bahamas and other ministries. Uh, there are some of the greatest evangelists and ministers and, and statesmen, Christian statesmen for this country is going to come uh, to us uh, faithfully just attending to these to this camps. Since we live by the Spirit, there's no Christian life by trying. You either have the Spirit or you don't have the Spirit. You're either in or out. There's no trying to be a Christian. You're either one or not. So there's no trying. If you don't have the Spirit of God, you're not a Christian. Can I hear an amen for that one? You can read through all the whole Bible, whether it's Romans or what. If you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you don't belong to Him. Simple as that. So Christian life can never be lived just by pure secular training, professional training and talents. It needs to be life in the Spirit. And that's the one that's going to give us spiritual mileage. That's the one that's going to cause us a bill for that which counts for eternity. I'm giving you phrases now. Uh, and those of us who are already 50 years and above, let me encourage you, brothers, if you don't know it, you're already in the third phase of life. So it's time to not to travel slow. I know your traffic is a bit slow here. Uh, you know, I don't see too many traffic policemen. Your roads are such that, I don't know, your roads are such that it's almost impossible to travel 100 kilometers an hour. Before you know you're at a corner somewhere, you know, some bus is stopping you, some, some guy is crossing the road and waving at you, I don't know what's happening. But uh, anyway, I'm learning about Bahamian traffic. Uh, Sometimes we need to catch ourselves because the environment in which, uh, physical environment in which we are placed in does, unless we are careful, shape us in a certain way. Sometimes favorably, uh, because this life is a bit slower here, perhaps people are a little bit more relational. Uh, as compared to New York, maybe. Everybody is walking fast, I don't know why there. Boom, 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 boom. But sometimes, uh, being in an island, if you're not careful, we can, have very, we can have a very insular, isolated kind of mentality. I know what is it like because I lived for eight years in Penang Island. 
I have been on the island where some of the folks have never even gone across the Penang Bridge to the other side, whole life. For them, the world is the island. And so we've got to remind ourselves that the world of God is much larger. Growth in evangelism, in missions, first must happen with growth in our own hearts. Our hearts must grow. I'm not as successful, but I ask God to help me. Please, as I grow older, can you help put more peoples into my heart? It's a small little heart if you look at it physically. But by your Spirit, I want you to stretch me so that more peoples, more burdens can come to me. I have tried to share with you that sometimes the block in our minds as God's people is a mental block. So sometimes when we hear a lot of needs, uh, we get tired of it, you know. Uh, we can say, uh, I think that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. And so I try to transform us in our thinking to say that every need that we hear in this missions conference or elsewhere, in fact, after this, in, in May, I'm going to Subic Bay in the Philippines. Uh, over 500 uh, missionaries and workers of the kingdom will be there mainly from the Brethren Assemblies. It's the Asia version. Now they are, you know, in a meeting in the Philippines. Uh, one of the speakers on prayer and world evangelization and some workshops, how the local church can get going and all. So please pray for me. All right, in, in, in May itself. Towards the end of May, I'll be in the Philippines. Uh, we need the transformation of the mind. When we began, let me share this with you, and thanks for your contribution. We began only with a budget of 50000 Malaysian ringgit. We started the work. But we began by faith. And I believe that God honors faith and faith honors God. Can I hear amen for that? We get it from Hebrews 11. Those who seek Him must believe that He exists. So if not, you don't seek Him. Don't even draw near to Him. Those who will seek God must first believe that He exists. And what else? Hebrews 11. And that He, what? Rewards those who earnestly seek Him. And seek after Him. So whatever language you want, we must always be pursuers of the Almighty. We keep pursuing God. So when I look at Asia, brothers and sisters, only God's resources, only God's favor can cause greater works to be done. Let me give you an example. A case like China. Today, if you tell me, you are, let's say as a church, oh, we're all fired up. We want to send another 5,000 Bibles and you write me a, a check in US dollars. I'm telling you, it cannot be done. Uh, just buying Bibles because you can't ship it across. There's no such thing as shipping Bible across to mainland China. There's, there's no such thing, okay? But God gave us favor. We've got church leaders who are willing to coordinate for us and Bibles are printed locally in Nanking or Nanjing. That's why you can get it a big Bible, whole Bible at, at four US dollars or less. Don't you think it's amazing? I just went to a bookshop. It cost at least 15 to 20 dollars uh, I'm not including tax yet, uh, to, to get a Bible. But for more, uh, a quarter of the price, you can get a whole Chinese Bible and put it in the hands of a rural new believer. What is our motto? A gospel track for every Asian who has never heard of Christ. A Bible. And I don't believe in doing things in half measures. I don't like to just give them a New Testament. Okay? I like to give them the whole Bible, and preferably a good quality one. How many of you believe in giving people good quality stuff? All right, you don't want stuff that in a garage and just throw away to give it to people. Give people properly. I, my motto is I want to give, give properly. If not, don't give. Amen? All right. So, 
So we are, we are going to hopefully load another three to 4,000 Bibles this year. Right? And, and I can tell you that God is good. I went to a church camp recently. I can even give you the name of the church camp. Are you, are you taping this stuff and all? <laughs> Alright, I won't give you the name of a church camp. I went to a church camp recently. And uh, after the church camp, it was on an island in, 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 uh, in uh, Lumut, in Pangkor. Very nice place. Uh, after the church camp, the missions director came to see me and said, You know, Pastor, uh, uh, last year we, we had a missions collection and we still have a surplus of, in ringgit, about 100,000 Malaysian cash and we don't know what to do with it. So I said to him immediately, I think you have come to the right person. <laughs> I know what to do. Come, sit down, I have a proposal. How would you like to give Bible tracts, gospel tracts and Bibles for people who have never heard about Jesus and who, for people who are now believers who don't have a Bible? I said, okay. And that church wrote me a check immediately and gave me 40000 And that church wrote to me and said, this year we have budget for Bibles again. Hallelujah. Alright. So, Bahamians is very simple. Just give up your one cup of Starbucks coffee. Is that too much? Right, so, well, I like the English or the Americans, you know, sometimes they are very blunt. You got to put your mouth, money where your mouth is. Don't just talk about it. Is that American terminology or English? I don't know, but sounds more American. I don't need English talk like that. <laughs> you got to put your money where your mouth is. And let me just say this. When we are prepared to sow and sow in faith, one of my experiences, God will multiply that sowing, that seed that you sow, alright, whether it be a life, whether it be a $10, many times over. I have lived long enough. I am uh, almost close to 48 years as a Christian, walking with Jesus. I came to know the Lord at age 10, and I have a testimony tonight. You can never outgive God. You can never outgive God. God is no man's debtor in this life and in the life to come. Can we, see? Can we hear amen for that one? Alright. Okay, tonight in a limited time, actually I have only about 5 minutes left, 10 minutes. I want to give you 3 important trends. And uh, just a couple of verses, would you turn with me? And then we're going to close. Should I should pass the time? You will just, we will definitely uh, finish by 9 o'clock. Alright, should I take a little bit more time? But turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. I want to serve the theme, you know. I don't want to run away and talk about everything and then you forget about the theme of the conference. That wouldn't be doing justice uh, to the faith that the, uh, the, the missions committee has put on me to, to be one of your plenary speakers. But turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. I hope that tonight you live with a greater sense of urgency. And you catch a burden and maybe the Spirit stir you and don't sleep. At 2 o'clock you cannot sleep and you've got to wake up to pray and do something about this burden. I'm, I'm putting the burden of 2 billion souls in Asia upon you tonight, brothers and sisters. Matthew chapter 24 uh, is called the Olivet Discourse. Uh, on Mount Olivet, the disciples were asking Jesus, when will He come again? And what are the signs of the end times uh, before He comes again? And in 24, I want you to turn first to a positive uh, milestone that will happen. Uh, one of the milestones that must happen before Jesus returns is Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. 
So I'm an evangelist. So I want to start with the good news tonight. And this gospel of the kingdom. Because it's a gospel that acknowledges the kingship of Christ. Whenever Jesus rules in the heart of men and women, boys and girls, whether it's in Malaysia, in Bahamas, or in Tibet, or in the inner deserts of Mongolia, Jesus' kingdom is there. That's why the Lord Jesus would say to His disciples in the gospel accounts, the kingdom of God is within you. Alright? So whenever Christ is acknowledged as king, there is the kingdom of God. So our gospel is the key for the king to come in. But the preaching of the gospel and the, the, the mileage of the gospel is such that when it comes to a certain time in world history, it will signal the return of the king. So whenever God's people participate in the propagation, in the multiplication, in the exponential growth of the gospel, making Christ known, and by the way, God is glorified every time we speak about Jesus. Because Jesus is God's beloved Son, in whom He is well pleased. So talk about Him. Lift Him up as a church. Talk about Him not inside this church, but talk about Him outside the church. Go tell the Bahamians. Go tell the world. And God will be glorified in the words of testimony concerning His Son, Jesus. And this gospel of the kingdom, Jesus says what? This is a, one of the yardsticks, one of the masters, will be preached in the whole world. Not for the conversion of the whole world, listen carefully, but as a testimony, as a witness to all nations. The Greek word is a pantata, ethne, from which, uh, from the Ralph Winter School of uh, World Missions, they are, they are into very big, this Lausanne thing, and then the 82,000 of uh, what they call uh, reaching every people group, whether it's a major people group or a minor people group and all. If you go to a place like Kunming, Perpetual Spring in Yunnan, half of the, I think, 56 people groups in China are there. That's why it's the most missionary town. Everybody goes there. Good weather, good food, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Uh, so this gospel of the kingdom will be preached what, in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Can you take note of the word then? Because then is a time signal. Only then. Only then when that happens, the end will come. The Lord will return. So let me put a positive spin to the teaching of Matthew 24. Every time we are involved in the ministry of multiplying the propagation of the gospel, we are speeding up the return of the king. Do you understand this? And it's a very important thing. So church, don't keep the Lord waiting for another millennium. Alright? If I may put a speedometer, don't, don't go at 50 miles an hour. My chairman and I is like a father and son relationship, Mr. David Bowler. He's a gospel statesman in the country. We've just honoured him. Uh, our lecture hall in the new building is called the David Bowler Lecture Hall. All right, very few people in the country get honoured like that. And the cream and the cream of the leaders are there, 150 of them. Because it's touched so many lives in the nation. Uh, in, in the about eight years of ministry he had with me, the first eight years, I only have one major disagreement with him. <laughs> That's all. We can never agree on that. Maybe because of his age. Huh? When he took on the work of a founding chairman, my chairman was 80 years old. Is that an encouragement? Would you like to take up something new? Pastor, you're still a young boy. <laughs> he's 80 years old when he started to become the founding chairman of Ministries for Asia Pacific. And he stayed until 88. He passed away in 88. 
two weeks before he passed away, he was still making his way as an 88-year-old man walking up the flight of stairs to conduct a board of directors meeting. Amazing, godly man of God. I can tell you his prayer. A lot of things are not written in the book. His last prayer at the board meeting was to thank God for whatever has been achieved in the work of the gospel to men. Last meeting, two weeks before he passed away. The next breath he says, please forgive us that we haven't done enough. Are you folks with me? He's not just glorifying the fact that, oh, we got 40,000 conversions, we have distributed 1.5 million tracts. It is still a trickle when you think of the 2 billion people who are not rich. So I cannot rest. And if much more is done to glorify the Lord. And I ask that you don't rest, that you don't get too comfortable. You should stop looking at the waters too much. You should start looking at the people walking around, many of whom are walking into Christless graves. Are you folks with me? You should ask God, please put a biblical filter in my eyes so that when I walk out of my house in the Bahamas, I will see things from your perspective, not from the tourist perspective. Hallelujah. And so we honor this man. So what is the point of disagreement? He always tells me, Chine, you are going too fast. All right, so it brings back to my first point. I say, Mr. Bola, how can I go too fast when every second thousands of people are going to hell in Asia without Christ? I can never go too fast. I disagree. I can only go too slow. I can only afford to play catch-up. Are you with me? All right. So that's the kind of burden we carry in the ministry. We're not happy with 41,000 conversions. We're not happy with... Uh, What's the number of baptism now? I got a 6th of December kind of statistic. We're not happy with uh, 41,000 conversion, 13 over 1,000 baptisms, 1.5 million gospel tracts, 10,000 Bibles. It's just the beginning. We hope to multiply it to the nth level, nth degree, those of you in the mathematics. And we cannot do it alone. Pastor, I agree with you. We've got to do it together. Everybody got to get involved. And that's how we're going to speed up the work of the gospel as a testimony to all nations and that's how we're going to speed up the return of the king. Alright, one more. And then three trends and we're going to stop for tonight. Again, one of the signs of the end times which is not very encouraging is found in Matthew 24 where the Lord Jesus says to the disciples about those days of stress and difficulty. Matthew 24 it's interesting because this Bible of mine has got the words of Jesus in red. Verse 21, For then there will be great distress. A lot of people don't like to hear the word stress, but it's coming. In Australia, people like to hear the word no worries. No worries. No stress. That's what they like to hear. Maybe the problem with that country is uh, no stress. That's why you've got high suicide rate. Sometimes a bit of stress is good. Gives you a life. How many of you know that Melbourne has the second highest youth suicide rate in the whole world? More people in Victoria die of suicide and car accidents every year. Alright, let me move on. For there will be great distress. Listen, unequal from the beginning of the world until now. And never to be equal again. Now, this is the catchphrase of the Lord Jesus. 22, verse Chapter 24, verse 22. If those days, because of the great pressure that's going to come upon earth itself, and Christians are not even spared from their distress, if those days had not been cut short or shortened, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be 
shorten. All right, so let me give you, uh, in summary, very quickly, the topic given to me is the urgency is put in red. So let me address the urgency aspect. So I began with your Bible class by saying that first the urgent point the church needs to do is to please be clear about what is the gospel before we even talk about running all over the place to tell people. And I try to share with you that we have to defend the gospel. Ours is not a social do-good gospel. It's not just love people, love people and do good. Our gospel is a gospel of the atoning death of Christ. The vicarious, substitutionary death of Christ. If you don't mention it, you haven't preached the gospel. Today, many churches in our world are not faithful to the gospel. Come to Jesus and you'll be blessed. You got a marriage problem, come to Him, He'll solve your problem. I mean, that's part of the truth. But you haven't preached the gospel. Today, some people preach the gospel and they don't mention the resurrection. I don't care which Bible school you come from, how you want to start, which ball you want to throw as an evangelist when you preach. But if in the course of your delivery, there is no mention of the death, that sinners need to come to repent, because everybody is hell-bound, no matter how well-clothed you are, and that Christ rose again, that's why Jesus is our hope, then you haven't preached the gospel. This one, you need to take it out, huh, Ellen. My good friend, professor, and beloved professor, uh, G.I. Packer, once told me when I was in Vancouver, Chinek, you know, I, I used to attend the Anglican church. I mean, he's still an Anglican. And, you know, as a lad, as a kid, I would sit in the pews. They never give me the gospel. I could have gone to hell in an Anglican church, he told me. And when I became a Christian, it was the brethren who gave me the gospel. <laughs> he's, he's thankful for that. It took me about 18 months, two years before the anger got out of my system. He said, it took a while for the anger to flush out of my system. He said, this church could have sent me to hell. And I'm faithfully coming for the service. So can I say that I, I don't care if you're a Calvary member for 40 years or what. If you have never made a personal commitment to receive Christ, you're going to hell. Can I tell you that tonight in all love? That's my, it's my business to warn you. So you can make that commitment. And I want Jesus to come into my life. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to repent. By the way, as I've said, repentance is not saying to God, I'm sorry. It's good to say to God, I'm sorry. Repentance, metanoia, the Greek word is a change in life direction. So you don't change your life and move towards God. That's not repentance. That's not counted. You can say sorry ten times. That's not repentance. Biblical repentance is a turning away from idols, whatever it may be. It could be drug, it could be woman, it could be a certain lifestyle, it could be money towards the living God. Alright? You can find that in Thessalonians. That is called conversion. So you're either in or you're out. There's no trying. You don't try. Alright? It's been done. You receive it gratefully, you give thanks, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, you move on to live a life that is glorifying to God. Where am I now? So, that, that's Dr. Packer, a great theologian. He said, they almost sent me to hell. Luckily, somebody gave me the gospel. And so, we have to be faithful in the preaching of the gospel. Then, I began to say that we shouldn't just defend the gospel. The truth of the gospel and truth of the Bible is like a lion. I give you the picture. You've got to let it out. And so, the, the weakness of the modern church is that we somehow have uh, kept the faith within ourselves. Why should we just be praising the Lord in the church? We should be praising the Lord in the public square, the marketplace. We should be praying in our offices, praying all over the place. Some people get shy. In Malaysia, I go to bank, some of my church members, I say, come, let's pray. And wait, see whether my boss, I say, what's all this? Why boss? Let's pray. You're a Christian, let's pray. You know, we shouldn't be ashamed of Jesus. The Lord Jesus says, if you're ashamed of me now, I'll be ashamed of you then. 
Hello? Are you with me? So you want to be well received by the Lord? Well done, the good and faithful servant. Be bold. God has not given to us a spirit of timidity. I don't... Alright, take down First Timothy. Check it out, the verse. I think it's verse 6 or verse 7. But God has not given to us... The spirit of God is not a, that is being given to us. It's not a what? A spirit of timidity, but that of love, of power, and of self-control. Self-control is that which makes us meek. When people strike us, when people burn our churches in Malaysia... Publicly, that pastor said, I forgive them. How about that? The Muslims were expecting us to throw a firebomb in, in their mosque or maybe throw some pigs to, to disturb them, you know? We didn't retaliate. In public, the pastor said, I forgive those who set the fire on my church. What a statement. What a statement. All right. Uh, and so, the, we have to move from defense to confirmation. Confirmation comes when we begin to declare the gospel. We preach it, we share it, we write it, we sing it, we gossip about it. The only good gossip is the gossip of the gospel. So that Jesus may be made known. Let me quickly run down. And then in your Sunday night, I spoke about the urgency because of the hell line. I don't have the statistics now, but it was quoted to me in the Billy Graham School of Evangelism at Wheaton College, that every second, how many thousands of people are moving along the hell line and going to hellbound. We have to be urgent because of the speed race for the gospel. I quoted C.S. Lewis, that every inch of territory, spiritually speaking, has to be fought and won. If you don't claim it, somebody else will. If in China we don't do it, the Eastern Lightning Cup will. Idols, idolatry will. Or other kinds of funny stuff will. Get that. And so there is a speed race. And therefore we need to be urgent for the gospel. So I shared with you the testimony of Sarawak, what's happening there about religious teachers being sent there to try to Islamize the place. Thirdly, we have to be urgent because uh, the historically strong Reformation countries are on a decline. I gave you statistics, 70-90% averagely. Some of these Reformation countries are, are into magic, witchcraft. Uh, statistics have shown that they got more registered uh, witches and wizards, legal, than ministers of the gospel. We're talking about Reformation countries, brothers and sisters. So it's urgent that today as a church, because we are one church, uh, the least we can do, and that's why I tell the Asia, we must begin to understand what's happening in Europe and begin to pray. All ministries began with prayer. Can I hear amen for that one? Yeah, all great ministries. Uh, start with prayer and end with prayer. In between, everything bracketed is still prayer. And we don't pray, no great ministry can be birthed. And because of the decline of the West, uh, those of us who are in Asia, I can't speak to you now as Asians, I say, you've you got to do something about it. Put your money in. The Europeans, some of them, you know, they came and they gave their life to Malaysia. Uh, there were some brethren missionaries who came to Malaysia trying to reach the lepers in the leper colony in the early days. I wrote a history. And some of them died as leper. Some of them were interior of Sarawak trying to reach the Malays in the kampong. The, 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 the people, tribal people, because of no clinic and all, their children get fever. And, you know, they don't have your modern speedboat those days, huh? in the 18-something. They have to row, row, row. By the time they, they reach the clinic to see the doctor, the child has already died because of high fever. And so missionaries do make sacrifices in the propagation of the gospel. Very quickly, three things now. Spiritual vitality and missions. Now, we have time for the, for the trends. Let me just cover this one. I think I should close on this one because it's 9 o'clock. Today in Asia, we are seeing what they call spiritual vitality and missions. The, 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 the model for missions is very simple. We cannot 
have the same strategy for every country. If you are in Asia, you will quickly say amen to that. All right? We are not America. We, we don't do McDonaldization of missions because of the variety of cultures that you're trying to reach. Uh, in the case of Tibet, for example, uh, because of the earthquake, it opens up great opportunities. Now, many of you don't know this, but in a place called Yishu, there are more than 2,000 people, a lot of Tibetan temples that were raised to the ground because of the earthquake. The monks were without hope. Our evangelists went in to talk to them. Some get converted. So here's one testimony from Tibet. I, I have to masquerade their name. I call it Brother Q. He's a secret agent or whatever. Evangelist Brother Q, who recently led four to Christ in Tibet, shares his testimony during the time of the earthquake. I'm working in Yushu. That's a place where more than 2,000 people were buried in the earthquake. Together with my co-workers, we have made many friends who are Tibetans. Some of them follow us in singing praises to God, and some are interested to learn about God. Weekly, we share the good news with Tibetans in their homes. We usually invite them to come over after that to our place to stay. That's probably a Tibetan thing. Come and stay with us. They don't have a church. Come, come to our house. What happened? This helps us to continue preaching the word to them. You have a captive audience, right? If you have somebody in your house, they can't run away. So far, the result has been very good with many coming to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Alright, very quickly, one more. This is again, some evangelists finish their work, they pioneer another place. Uh, Sister S, a lady. Our evangelist in the north of China seeks our intercession in her new mission field. My husband and I have moved to a far away place. Well, when they say far away, can you please believe me? It is far away. It's not like here, one island to the next island. And China is huge. And uh, for long-term mission, many of the people in that village have not heard the gospel at all. Cults are rampant there. In March 2012, we visited 200 homes in that village. Shared the gospel and distributed tracts. Praise God too. New, new area, accepted Christ. Some cult members have shown interest in Christ. Please pray for us to establish a church in that village. Alright, our time's up. I just want to say, uh, close with one word. End times open for us many, many opportunities. In Asia today, the way we're going to advance world missions is, I give you the magic word, fan the flame. Many ready hearts. I give you the scenario now. A few sentences, then you know how, how to do missions in Asia. Workers are many. Support is few or none. Every other thing is lacking. You got that? <laughs> so we want to help to supply the need. I, I can't do it better than you in Tibet. I'm not a Tibetan. But can I help you? Can I give you some money so that you have food to eat? and some money to take buses to travel and walk or whatever. Can I help supply Bibles for you? Can I help give tracts for you? Can I help to refresh you? That's minister. And we invite you to come maybe to Malaysia one day, spend a month to study, all right, to rest, so that you can go back refreshed. Can we send our workers in to gather a few of you for some kind of retreat, two, three days, for you to exchange so they don't feel alone? And, oh, you're working here, working there. Can we connect? How can we pray for each other? That kind of stuff. So that's the kind of work that Matt is doing. So churches, let me just close you with the word. You know, when I think of 200 ringgit, it's very little. 
how does it translate to US dollars? About 70 US dollars? 65 US dollars? How many of you can live on 65 US dollars a month? No hands are up here. Not a lot. Frankly, when I meet them in the office, I always apologize to them. I'm so sorry that I cannot increase the stipend or the help we give to you. But you know what they say? What is there to apologize? What you have given to us, we are already very grateful. You are already helping us in a big way. Without that, we cannot leave our farms. We cannot leave what we have to do. We have to sell vegetables to keep the family alive. We have to feed the children. We've got to send them to school. But because you have partnered with us in such a way, and they always say, can you please say thank you to our brothers and sisters overseas? They say, hai wai, hai wai de Please give them my greetings and send them our love. And sometimes they write and say, even though I haven't seen you, I thank God that you are my brother and sister and you are supporting me if we haven't seen each other. No. So they are very grateful for whatever support they can give. The word is this. 820 million have not been reached yet. We need to fan the flame. So I pray that God will bless you. We're going to end tonight here on that note. That's why it's happening in Asia, many parts, a lot of workers, very little or no support, and very little or none of almost everything. And this is where the many, many millions are living. And this is where we need to put our investment, our resources, of gifted Bible teachers, of materials, so that the church of Jesus Christ can continue to expand. So that Jesus can be made famous. Alright, with that note, I end tonight. There will be plenty of time tomorrow to talk about the other trends. Could you just have a minute of silence? I don't want you to just walk away, run out and all. And spend time to pray for the church in China. Pray that the many millions will come to know Christ. Pray that the many millions will have an opportunity in once in their lifetime to hear a clear presentation of the gospel. Pray that at least a gospel track will be put into their palms so that they can first read about Jesus. Would you do that? And would you pray for yourself and your family that God will bless you? And maybe you can make a promise to God. God, if you promise to bless me, I promise to increase my giving through this church so that Christ may be made known, so that we will reduce a $2 billion deficit in Asia that has never heard about Jesus Christ. Lord, Lord, bless me so that I can be a greater channel of blessing. If you promise to bless me, I promise to give. I promise to release the blessing so that many more and the millions can come to know Jesus Christ in Asia. Thank you, Lord, for today. Lord, I cannot do it, and I pray that by your Spirit, you will perhaps disturb us tonight, lay that burden upon our hearts, help us not to be too comfortable where we are. We give thanks for what we have achieved thus far as a church, in missions, in the advance of the gospel. And at the same time, Lord, we ask for your forgiveness that we have not done enough. Help us to do more, we pray, by your grace, by your favor. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the empowering presence of His Spirit go with you to bless you in every possible way so that your life will be a multiplication of blessings for the glory of God. 
And God's people say, Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. You've been very patient.